hello everybody and welcome to episode 204 of We Podcast and We Know Things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. We hope you got them pre-orders in. Uh, yeah, so it's been crazy as much as the uh, the PS5 blew their... Their debacle. Yeah, their debacle of pre-orders. Xbox Series X made fun of them in a tweet, Xbox did, and then equally bungled it. So, (laughs) (laughs) If that's not karma, though, careful, guys, careful. I have to admit, man, that was one of the funny – that kind of made my week a little bit because – if that's not karma, I don't know what is. Like, good, I, I, good I mean, at, at this point, we, we got to laugh, right? We, we can't get more upset. We, we just got to laugh at it. And at the same time, neither one of us tried for the Series X or S, and you got your PS5, so it didn't hurt us. Either yeah, way. I mean, you know, without Triver, I'm screwed, but, you know. Well, 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 GameStop, if you're listening to this podcast, like, the day it's going live, like, the morning it's going live, which would be September 25th, Friday, September 25th, GameStop did put out on their social media that they're going to have in-store and online uh, some more opportunities today to get your hands on some PS5 pre-orders. So if you didn't get one the first time, just refresh GameStop or go to the store as soon as they open tomorrow, and you might be able to get your hands on one. Yeah, I was going to say maybe camp out a little bit, get there, you know, maybe an hour or something early i don't know what these gamers are camping out at anymore oh, I, I would imagine they'll they'll be there before the sun i would imagine i, I, I don't what time they open 10 i yeah. don't even remember yeah 10 so i mean it's, it's not even it's not even like it's too early like it definitely can be done but yeah hey go, go now guys i listen just you know you can't even you don't even know we're telling you this because this is not a live show but go right now just start <laughs> exactly just start. as you're listening run go drive to it. be safe though but be uh, safe. i heard a rumor that sony uh and actually i think it's not even a rumor anymore i'm pretty sure it's confirmed that sony's going to be selling and putting out in the wild an abundance more of the uh $500 disc version as opposed to the $400 digital my assumption is because they sell that at a bigger loss um but um it sucks for me as the person who wants the digital. Yeah. That might be harder to find. I mean, I guess it was like, you know, you figure what are people going to want more, the disc or the digital? And I guess they just bet on the disc. Well, I, I would imagine, honestly, I would imagine it's because they sell it at less of a loss. Uh, they they probably lose 20 bucks a console on the disc and probably 30 on the disc list because they're giving you the same hard drive space, yeah, the same yeah. everything. And all they're losing is the disc drive. I would imagine they're selling that at a bigger loss. And that's probably the motivating factor outside of what people want, because if it was up to Sony, they would sell only the disc list because then you got to go to their store to buy their games. Yeah, and now exactly. they're not losing money from the retailer, the third, the middleman. So they actually want you to buy the physical or the digital. But when you sell it at a bigger loss, it's kind of like, it's all projection. Like they got, no, but, but, but what you're saying makes like complete sense. Like that's gotta be it. Yeah. And, and again, like it's, it's just going to go on projection. Like if you, you got to project as the Sony forecasting team, are we going to sell enough hard or software to make up for the loss in hardware through a third-party retailer like an Amazon, a GameStop, a Best Buy? Yeah. Or, you know, do we want to price it more aggressively 
or less aggressively, I should say, and potentially have to only get it from our store. What's the difference in cost there? There's a lot of factors that go into yeah, it. That's definitely. why I'm happy I don't work in those offices because that is way above my pay grade. Um, but it's it, nice. it, it just it just sounds like a headache waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that. Listen, I'm sure whoever does that makes a lot of money. But uh, it, oh, it ain't us. They better, they better be. If not, they're underpaid. It ain't us, buddy. Uh, so, all right. We got our picks of the week this week. We got trivia. It is 12 for Sam, 11 and a half for me. I got a tough one for him this week. Uh, and and, and I, I'm pretty sure I have a lob up. So. Oh, well, that's a listen. <laughs> so that'll even us out. <laughs> Sam will take over in the gaming space where we had an enormous uh, one of the biggest gaming acquisitions of all time. Then we have some impressions. We have a review. Remember, impressions are when we play it and we review it. A review is when we go on the internet and read the reviews from other reviewers that we don't have a chance to play the game. So keep that in mind. Uh, we have some clarity around the Insomniac Spider-Man Miles Morales game coming out for PS5. In movies, it's short. But we got a big story and movie surrounding the Justice League and some potential reshoots for the Snyder Cut. The Boys is getting a spinoff. WandaVision got a trailer. And John Cena is doing an HBO special <laughs> on HBO Max. All of that and more tonight. I cannot wait. Yeah, and I know we texted about it, but that is the show we never knew we needed. And we need it bad. <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, we do. All right. All right, Sam. Let's start, as always, with our picks of the week. All right, something a little different from me. Um, This is on YouTube, so for free for anybody. Um, This is made by the Ishmahawk people. I don't know if you guys remember we talked about these guys a while ago. They they filmed, like, Nightwing, and they did a little bit of the Red Hood. Mm -hmm. But this time, they teamed up with Death Battle, was it Rooster Teeth, yeah, it used, to all, be, it used to be it used to be Screw Attack. That remember Stutter Craig yes, Skismas, yes. his company actually founded Death Battle. The guy we had on the show. Oh, so it's even better. Yeah. So like this is just singing our praises. So I just watched Death Battle. They teamed, like I said, they teamed up with them. The battle is on Death Battle's YouTube channel. But if you want to watch the behind the scenes and the making of it, that's on the Ismahawk YouTube channel. So it's Winter Soldier versus the Red Hood. Mm-hmm. And it's a 22, I think it's 22 minutes. They, I think the first maybe 10, 12 minutes is an introductory character on each of their comics and their origins and their creations, which if you, if you didn't know, it's a great way to learn. And then you get an awesome live action battle. And the Israel people, they, they had years of experience on this doing so many. They did uh, Flash vs. Quicksilver. They did um, you know the Nightwing, like I said, that series with Deathstroke. So they definitely have the experience in this, and I think it shows right here. Just you, you get it for free; it's right there. If you love Winter Soldier, if you love Red Hood, you know you get a little clash of Marvel DC. So of course everyone's going to be kind of split who wants to win or lose. But if you got twenty minutes, I'm telling you, Death Battles YouTube channel, Winter Soldier versus the Red Hood. I I can just recommend Death Battle in general. They've been around for almost a decade. And uh, I used to sit when I worked for a cell phone company, I used to sit in the retail store with my coworker named A, we'll call him. I don't want to call him out. And we used to just sit on the computer and watch it. I, I was showing them episodes of Death Battle because Screw Attack was just my favorite 
growing up. And then that's why it's so cool to have Craig on the pod. Again, it's Craig Skistmas. If you want to go back and check out that bonus episode, he founded Screw Attack, which is the company that came up with Death Battle. They have Mario versus Sonic. They have the all three starter Pokemon. They have the four Ninja Turtles uh, battling to the death. It's amazing. Um, and I just love when they do these longer episodes, like the 22 minute one. So check that out. That sounds really, really, really cool. Yeah. Like I think they were a perfect partnership with this, the Hulk guys. And yeah. I, it just worked out great. So definitely check it out. Mine is a band that I had, fo- I was following on Spotify and I liked them. Like I liked them. And then they came out with a new single. Um, and we were driving down the shore this past weekend, we finally got a getaway, just the two of us, no baby for the first time in almost two years. And uh, we, Long wanted, uh-huh, we wanted to drive down the shore for our anniversary. And as I'm getting on 95, I was like, I'm driving, so I can't pay too, too much attention. But it came out as like recently, you know, released or whatever on my Spotify. So I just clicked it. I put on the song and I fell in love with this song. It's it's only a single. Now they have two. They have two songs in a part of the single, and I love both of them, but I want to shout out one of them more than the other. I'm talking about the band Seaway. I've heard of them before. I was following them already. They've come out. Didn't we see stuff. them live? I, I think that's that might be why I'm following I, them. Wait, are they from Maine? I don't honestly remember. I don't I, know I, too, Union too much. Transfer, Union Transfer concert, us on the balcony, jump in the mind. Because I'm pretty sure I remember Seaway Live. They are the type of band that would be an opener for what we listen to, and I'm I like it wouldn't shock me as to why that's why I'm following them on, on yeah, Spotify. I, I, I have, dude. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's them. It's nuts, dude. This so they came out with this new song. It's called Big Vibe, and uh, and their other single, a part of this, the two piece here is Wild Things. I'm really looking forward to this record. If this is, I hope this is not just a standalone single, and it's it's being accompanied by a record because this song big vibe might be my favorite of 2020 it's up there it's up there with hot mulligan i wish there was an accompanying record to go along with this but like this song is good enough for it to be my pick of the week alone i've probably listened to it 15 times and no nobody has sent us this and i'm not doing this as a part of anything this is just flat out i'm fucking obsessed with this song the singer sounds a shit ton like sherwood this this band from the mid 2000s that i was obsessed with back in the day it took me forever to think about who this singer sounded like and i was like who is this and then i finally clicked and i was like oh my god they sound like sherwood now again i will reiterate the rest of seaway's catalog might not be for me so much i was actually in giant this morning food shopping and I said, what do I want to listen to? Let me give Seaway, because I knew this was going to be my pick of the week. Let me give them a listen to their other stuff more deeper to see if, like, hey, maybe I can just recommend the band as opposed to just this one song. And I came away from it, uh, in you know, like, meh. I, I came yeah. away. What's the – I whelmed. I came away just perfectly <laughs> well. Perfectly whelmed. Well. And and I won't say they're bad, but this one song, give it a listen, man. It just came out. It's called Big Vibe by Seaway. You could be into punk, you could be into pop punk, emo, country, heavy metal. I feel like this song kind of just is a good song and it will just kind of stick. I told my wife, I said if this song was released in 2002, it would have been a number one hit. It would have been flavor of the week big. 
I truly believe that. It's got a flavor. Dude, it's got a flavor of the week meets sugar cult bouncing off the walls vibe to it that it just doesn't get out of your head. Like she drinks the hard shit because she's hot shit. Like is the that line is burned into my head right now. I'm singing it all the time in my head while I'm doing nothing. So I can't recommend it enough. (laughs) It's called Big Vibe by Seaway. Check it out wherever you get your audible goodness. Now on to our trivia. 12 for you, 11 for me. No, I'm sorry. 12 for you, 11 and a half for me. Yeah. First to 11, win by two. All right, let me throw this toss-up to you. What is Dr. Eggman's Audible Fortress called? I'm sorry, Dr. Eggman's what fortress? Orbital Fortress called. Uh, I need the answers. Okay. We have A, Death Egg, B, Chaos Moon, C, Eggtopia, D, Planet Robotnik. Can you... Ooh, I don't know. Can you can you uh, give me them again, please? Okay, you got A, Death Egg, B, Chaos Moon, C, Eggtopia, D, Planet Robotnik. Hmm. You got twenty five percent chance. Uh, then we're all tied if you can get it. Uh, God, I don't know, man. Egg. F- one, I'm sorry. One more time. <laughs> A Death Egg. B Chaos Moon. C Ectopia. D Planet Robotnik. God. I'm going to go with one of the two egg ones. Can you just give me those again? It was A, Death Egg, C, Eggtopia. Let's go with Eggtopia. Incorrect. It was Death Egg. Oh, I was right, though. At least half right. No, you're, you're right. You're right. One I of the eggs. I figured throwing the planet robot, Nick may throw a wrench in your plan. So. Nah, nah. It was definitely going to be one of the eggs. Because his... his Dr. Eggman, if you don't know, is Dr. Robotnik for everybody out there. It's Sonic's villain. And his layer, I think, is called uh, the egg, the egg fortress, or something like that. So, if his name is Eggman, so it, his, it, it, no, it made sense. Did he death egg or egg? Just go. I just went with something egg. I took a 50-50 shot, and I got it wrong. So Sam, while he cannot win tonight, can take a commanding one point five point lead in our race to eleven. Win by two. This one's a tough one for you. I admit this. All right, what we got? What game featured Flood as Mario's companion throughout it? I've never even heard of him. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the answers. Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Odyssey, or Super Mario World? Let's go Sunshine. That is correct. Ah. Super Mario Galaxy had Rosalina and the Lumas. Uh, Odyssey had Cappy. World had Yoshi. And uh, Sunshine had Flood, which is a water jetpack that he straps to his back to get all the paint and disgustingness out of Isle Delfino. So you got it right. So you're up by a full point, 12.5 to 11.5. Very impressive as you go into the gaming. Uh, I'll take it. I get that full point. But here we go. Probably the biggest game story we got. Microsoft acquires Bethesda for $7.5 billion. Oh, 
billion with a B. B is in boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It. That's not chump change. <laughs> no, I, I mean, honestly, like, we, we say 7.5 billion, but like, I can't even like, I, I can't picture what 7.5 billion looks like. Yeah. I, I think the full, I think the true number is 7.4. Why they didn't just round it up to 7.5, I don't know. Um, at that point, does it, does it really matter? Like, what asset are you at the arguing table? Like, at the table, at arguing over, well, that 100 million isn't worth it. So, uh, listen, this is one of love it, hate it, indifferent to it. Doesn't matter. This is one of the largest acquisitions in the history of gaming because this shit just doesn't happen every day. Nintendo doesn't own the Pokemon company. They don't own HAL Laboratories. They don't own these companies they work with. Technically, the Pokemon company could just go somewhere else and make their game somewhere else if they wanted to, but they're in bed so deep. That's because Nintendo does not acquire them, but they work so well with them. Then you have Sony, who I personally think has the second largest, now the second largest video game acquisition ever, 2001's acquisition of Naughty Dog, but Naughty Dog didn't become do you remember the Naughty... what they paid for? Oh, I, I do not. But they didn't become the Naughty Dog we know and love until the Uncharted series. So in reality, they were buying Crash Bandicoot, like Jack and Daxter. So like big franchises, but not The Last of Us and Uncharted and the things we know now that make them arguably the greatest game developer on the planet, maybe outside of Rockstar. So that's big. Then... There's 2001 or two, and this was big back then, and Microsoft fucking ruined it, was when Microsoft bought Rare, the game company that had Banjo-Kazooie, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, Conker's Bad Fur Day, all now under Microsoft, and they blew that. They ruined it, and they had them make Kinect games, like Kinect uh, Adventures and all this garbage that Rare for years was doing. Until finally they came out with the Rare Replay and then they came out with Sea of Thieves and now they're working on this new IP. So Rare is finally getting back to prominence, but it's about a decade too late. This is what Microsoft needs to learn from. Microsoft cannot pull a Rare with this acquisition. When you're talking Bethesda, that comes with, and ZeniMax is the parent company, so you're getting all the game studios inside Bethesda, like Avalanche and like all the other ones. You're talking about Dishonored, which Dishonored 2 is already now on Game Pass. You're talking about Doom, Doom Eternal, on Game Pass now. Like, these games are going on Game Pass. You're talking about Wolfenstein. You're talking about Starfield, which is a new IP that hasn't even come out yet. You're talking about The Evil Within. You're talking about Prey. Oh, and by the way, you're talking about fucking Fallout and The Elder Scrolls, like Skyrim, Oblivion, the part six that's coming out. On Did you say Doom? Doom is on this list as well. Like, it's so insane all of these studios and companies are now under the Microsoft umbrella, that this is something that Microsoft just quite frankly cannot. And I hope they do not bungle. Now, what I've heard is that Bethesda will still run quote semi independently. And I hope that that's true. I hope that they can keep their culture. I hope that they can keep the, the way they develop games. 
I hope that it, they don't become Microsoft's kind of ingratiated in the Microsoft system too much because then they'll get delayed like Halo Infinite. But I digress. I hope that this is that this doesn't change who Bethesda is. It just makes yeah. it just gives them more money to work with. It gives them deeper pockets. It lets their games come out on Game Pass and so much more. As a PlayStation fan, now you don't have a connection to Xbox. You also don't really have a huge connection to Bethesda. You might like Doom, but I'm pretty sure that you're not really into like the other franchises. But just as a, a fan and somebody who, quite frankly, in 2020, who the fuck would have thought this, what'd you think? I mean, obviously, I, this came out of nowhere. I didn't hear any rumblings about this. Yeah. And I did just look up um, that Sony financial terms had ne- never been disclosed. So I just went and said Sony acquired Naughty Dog just to answer that question. Gotcha. But obviously, this is huge. I feel like they would be leaving money on the table if they didn't release it for other systems. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, Maybe I could see some games they want to keep close to the test if they want to keep them exclusive. Like, That's fine. But I feel like the big titles... I think like they have to like give the stone yourself or somebody like that. Yeah, and and we'll get into exclusivity because I think that's one of the two biggest impacts about this acquisition. The other one being the impact it has on Game Pass, and and they they already said Microsoft already said they're going to handle exclusivity on a case by case basis. But before we yeah. get there, you said it very well. This came out of literally nowhere, and it was hush hush there was no leak no rumor phil spencer himself got to tweet this out as i imagined he was sipping coffee in the nude (laughs) overlooking a mountain range like that's what i would like to think this man was doing as just the happiest guy on the planet what a brilliant move and they did it the day before pre-orders went live i personally think that is a huge reason why there was so much interest in the console when it did go live for pre-orders that became a mess. I think Xbox underestimated how many people give a shit about this acquisition enough to go buy a a Series X, and that's why, a big reason why, the pre-orders were so fucking bungled. But, like, what a great move. I don't think it was a coincidence. They definitely planned to announce this the day before pre-orders went live. I mean, I give Microsoft kudos. Like, this day and age, like, we're not surprised. Everything's leaked. There's always something. Something's tweeted out. Something's on Instagram. There's something there. So I don't know how the hell they did it, but kudos. You know what's insane is a Nintendo Direct mini partner showcase gets leaked to some guy in France, but a $7.4 billion acquisition. Do you you know how many people – we're at that bargaining table and that how many people could have just made a fake 4chan account and just leaked this out. Like the amount of people that had to have Sold signed it to somebody or something, they had to have signed their life away to be in that, in that room at that bargaining table, man. Like, Oh my yeah. How this didn't leak. Just like you said, huge credit to both companies, Bethesda and Microsoft. Uh, Zenimax, we'll, we'll say, because Zenimax is the parent company for Bethesda. Great job. Now, remember, I, I, I say that this was one of the largest gaming acquisitions of all time, and I put in the Naughty Dog one. I put we, in the, we don't know what it was sold for, yeah, so we, we have no we, idea. You know, we talked about the Rare one, but let's not forget that 
I think it was five years ago or so, Microsoft bought Minecraft. Um, I think it's Mojang or Mojang is the name of the company. They bought them for, I believe, $4 billion or something like that. Um, and, and Minecraft is now under the uh, Microsoft umbrella. But like you said, it's such a big title that they, of course, release it on other consoles. Matter of fact, one of the most popular selling games uh, in Japan is Minecraft for Switch. Like, it's it's such a huge title. Now, we'll talk about exclusivity. They said it's a case-by-case basis. Here's my hope for this. Hope. And I think it could very well be a reality. The Fallouts, the Elder Scrolls, the, the Starfield, the huge franchises, they have to go multi-plat. They have to. They have to. Right? I, I, like, like I said, they're, they're leaving money on the table. A set, we'll call it a $70 game because that's where things are trending. You have yeah. a $70 game. You put that on PlayStation. Let's say PlayStation sells that through X or through GameStop. GameStop makes, you know, ten bucks. PlayStation makes ten bucks, and Bethesda makes twenty. I and then I don't know, whatever else. Thirty was the cost of the game. I'm just making numbers up. Yeah. So they get their chunk. Now, PlayStation's chunk goes down, and that goes directly into the pocket of Microsoft. So Microsoft has a vested interest in selling because the consoles are going to be out there. I still think PS5 is going to outsell the Xbox Series X and S probably combined. So Agreed. So it, it makes sense just from that perspective. If you can get 5%, take it. 5% of, you know, 3 million copies is, yeah. is nothing you to laugh at. You know, so you take that. So and, and- go ahead. No, I was saying just to give people context. Just six years ago, Disney bought Lucasfilm for four point zero five billion. Just to give people context of this, how huge this acquisition is. Almost double what George Lucas made on selling Star Wars. That's how big this is. Great point. Um, So it does make sense. But here's what I'd like to see Microsoft do. Because we already know that all of these games, which is so mind-blowing, and we'll talk about that in a second, that all of these games fall out whenever that comes, a new one. The new Elder Scrolls, Starfield, they're going to hit Game Pass day one. That's nuts, right? That's insane that for 10 bucks, 15 bucks a month, you can get all of this. But I would hope that Microsoft does the smart thing and does timed exclusive, not a full exclusive that should go to the mul- that should go to the other platforms. But Sony, they have Final Fantasy VII remake all theirs for a full year. They have Call of Duty. All of that shit comes to PlayStation two weeks to three weeks before it ever hits Xbox or PC. You have Final Fantasy XVI that just got nabbed up by PlayStation. You have Demon Souls. So you have all these great exclusives that PlayStation has, and a lot of them are timed. If Microsoft kept Fallout, especially Elder Scrolls, fucking Skyrim sold 30 million. You can play Skyrim on an Alexa and on a refrigerator nowadays. It's, it's, it's nuts. I'm not kidding about the I'm not kidding about the fridge. You can play it on a refrigerator. So like the to 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 just say 
it can go on platform, you know, B, you know, PlayStation 5 or whatever, the day of doesn't make sense to me. You want people in your ecosystem. This will get them in your ecosystem. Having them have to buy a Series X or a PC, to your point that we, we were texting about, before and not being able to play it on PlayStation 5, dude, the heart wants what the heart can't have. And people make very <laughs> rash decisions when they want something bad enough. And if you want to play The Elder Scrolls and wait a full year, while that might not, bo- while that might not bother you or I, because we have patience and I have a backlog of shit that I still need to play, it sure does bother some people. The person that maybe only buys one, two games a year. I really yeah. hope Microsoft does the timed exclusive. I mean, I, I think it, it makes sense. Like again, like like yeah, I don't know whether they do a year or if they do it two weeks. You know, I don't I don't know which option you think's better. Obviously, you know, I think PlayStation a year. having final yeah, I was say, I, you know, for the year for PlayStation having Final Fantasy, that was huge for them. Like that's a huge game everybody and their sister wanted to play and had that only for a year like a year first. Xbox users made a bought a PlayStation just for that. Yes. Xbox fans have absolutely bought PS4s just to play Final Fantasy VII Remake. And that's the hope, is that you get more people in your ecosystem. And there is no doubt, this has no bias, I'm saying this without bias, Xbox, just ask anyone. They'll they'll tell you, whoever plays all these consoles and not just one or the other, Xbox does have the superior UI, the user interface. Interface, yeah. Now, we don't know what the PS5 or Xbox Series X interface looks like yet. That's the one thing we haven't really seen, and the console comes out in two months, which is a little weird. So PlayStation does absolutely has a chance to literally change that on its head. But we also know that Microsoft has the better online infrastructure, less hacks, yeah. a more stable online experience. So maybe that gets them in the door, and then Game Pass is the thing that keeps them. This is the other big thing, is the impact this has on Game Pass. Since quarantine started, so in March, Game Pass subscribers are up 50%. Five zero. I, 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 it, it makes sense. I mean, everyone was inside or is still inside. You're, and, and if you're a huge gamer, you almost have to pick it up. You're either playing one of fucking four things, dude. You're playing one of you're playing either Final Fantasy VII, The Last of Us Part Two. Game Pass or Animal Crossing. Like, that's the big thing this quarantine. 50%. 5 They are now over 15 million subscribers. For that's, Game Pass? For Game Pass. That's enormous. That's 10 bucks a month for 15 million. You ready for this? Every year, Game Pass alone generates Microsoft $1.5 billion. This acquisition has paid for itself because Game Pass subscriptions will now rise even further with the Bethesda acquisition. At seven years, I'm sorry, at five, four and a half to five years, this acquisition now has paid for itself just through Game Pass money. That's insane. And, and even, let's say the, the, they did even rise and they just kept this number. And they, if they still had made $1.5 billion every year, they're still fine. They're, They're still, still fine. Going to and be fine. No one's going to be like, oh, Xbox got Bethesda. Let me go cancel my Game Pass. No one's going to do that. No, no. So, like, like you, you mean people I, I know and see on Twitter that bought a PS5 and an Xbox. So it's like people aren't biased at all. Like, forget, I'll, I'll get both. And, and guess what, man? Game Pass just makes the most sense because all of Xbox exclusives hit Game Pass day one. 
and Call of Duty is in bed with PlayStation. So if you're an Xbox gamer, Game Pass is just the way to go. You just got it. And oh, by the way, remember two weeks ago, they got EA Play now. EA Play is a part of yeah. Game Pass. So now Game Pass is probably going to hit in the 20s. And when Xbox Series X comes out, it might even go more. This acquisition might pay for pay for itself in three, four years. I've never heard of a return on an investment at seven point five billion that valuation insane. that fast. That's insane. And and again, this is this had to be in the back of their minds the whole time. The reason they came up with seven point five billion. I don't even know how you get to that conversation. No, no, I, I know, mean, right? Like, what was the starting figure? <laughs> like ten? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the first, what would the offer? We'll give you four. Yeah, ten, <laughs> ten billion. Oh, yeah. Let's let's do. Yeah, we'll give you four. Uh, how about ten? Like, we're talking billions. Okay, how about no? <laughs> I can't even pay off my student loans, and people are just out there buying things for seven and a half billion dollars. <laughs> we talked about the. Impact on Game Pass. We talked about the uh, possible exclusivity. The last thing I want to hit on on this acquisition before we move on is Bethesda, the little things that come with this that give Bethesda and Microsoft an advantage. And that are these two big things. Bethesda now has access to all of Microsoft's development assets, the the engines, the, the teams, the power, the, the dev kits, the everything. And their technology. Microsoft has the world's greatest technology, maybe outside of Apple. So, you know. Mikasa Sukasa. There it is. And then vice versa. Microsoft now gets all of Bethesda's engines and assets yeah. and, the th- and the technology that Bethesda's used for years and years and years. You can now see little pieces of these games trickle into other Microsoft franchises or pieces of Halo or Gears of War trickle into like Bethesda's things. And I'm not talking about the characters. I literally mean like the technology used to create these worlds. That's a big freaking deal. So I, I don't see a downside to this. I think it was perfectly timed. I think it did have a big piece in leading to the shit fest that was the Xbox Series X pre-order. That's why you debacle. never spit up in the air, my friend. Uh, for, it'll always come down. So, you know but, but honestly, good for uh, Bethesda and Zenimax, good for Microsoft, and good for gamers. And I say that for people that are PlayStation fans as well, not because this may take away from what you can experience, but because now it may force you to the other side to try both. And I know that I'm saying that in a position where I have the financial flexibility to do that. And not everybody does. Yeah. But, but in a pandemic, both consoles sold out and they're each $500. That tells you something, how much, how important gaming is to people. And I hope people saved that twelve hundred dollars we got back in May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, oh, you, I wouldn't bull. I wouldn't be shocked of how many people took their stimulus check and put it away and said, "I'm getting both." That's what I think. I, I, I mean, hey, I mean, they knew it was coming holiday, right? So With enough to get a switch light. <laughs> With enough. Oh, extra. see, with some change left over. <laughs> So next up, we got two impressions, but let's start with Mario 3D All-Stars. And in any other world, this would have been the leading gaming story. It would have been the first thing I've wanted to talk about, but that's how big Microsoft yeah, You loved it so much, you got two of them. I did. I got two of them. Thank you very much for, for, I was down the shore when they came, so I didn't get to play them for three days after they came out, but thank you 
for coming to my house and taking them off my doorstep before one of my neighbors did. Neighbors, I you know, like surprisingly, like your Amazon delivery, like it was nice. They opened up the door, so I was inside the screen door. Sometimes for me, they literally just put it like right in the middle, the top step for everyone, their sister to see. So I commend your mailman. Or there are there are delivery instructions that you can do on Amazon, and every time I buy a game, I put in the just the instructions to put it between the doors. Okay, I'm I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, when you order it, there's delivery instructions before you check out. So that's, I, that's I will all do that I now because I, I don't because I just don't like it on my step. I'd rather oh, have it. No. to me just uh, to me it's it's I don't I shouldn't even have to. It should just be common sense. Yeah, but put it in the mailbox or put it in between the the doors. I yeah, get that because yeah. I see it all the time in our neighborhood. Man, there's 200 houses on our street alone, like. You don't. You, yeah. you don't and, need. And shit and all everyone's it. doing now is ordering from home, so you yeah. can see FedEx, Amazon, the mailman just yeah. delivering packages all damn day. So I got two copies, and uh, the plan is so like the current gens, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch are not available on Wada Games yet to get graded. They're not considered retro yet. Um, wait, wait, say, say, say that again. Switch, PS4, and Xbox One are not available on Wata. Oh, I, I was going to say that. I, I didn't even know if um, 3DS was. I know um, you can't do 3DS Game is not. Gear. Yeah, Game Gear you can't do yet. Like, so there's still even PS4. I think they said they were hoping by the end of the year. Yeah. So maybe by January or something like that. We'll so, I mean, yeah. of course, once I hear something, I'll let you know. Yeah, when Switch becomes available, then I'll do it. I have it right now, like in a glass case. Um, so. Listen, everybody knew I was so psyched for this game, um, Mario 3D All-Stars. It's a limited release, and I got my hands on two of them. Um, uh, I'm glad that our friends were able to get some, too. My friend Jim and Sean, and they all got one, and I think Pino might have even gotten his. So psyched that uh, that everybody who I know that wanted one got their hands on one. Very cool. I got home from the shore. I said to my wife, I'm going to watch the Eagles. I'm going to watch the Phillies and I'm going to play Mario because I haven't yet. And I need to. And she said, no problem. And I put it in and I tried to stay away from reviews ahead of time and spoilers and all that, just because I wanted to be surprised. I was hoping there'd be a lot of hidden goodies and little, little touches that Nintendo is just so famous for and good at. And, and I'm unpleasantly here to say that there's just not. And, uh, it's a little bit disappointing of a package. Oh wow! Is it is it worth the sixty dollars? I do. I think it is because the games are just You're so getting good. What, three games. You're getting Super Mario sixty four, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. So like so you're twenty a pop, and you're undat, and they're both they're all now in high definition. They're all now you know Sunshine and Galaxy are stretched into widescreen into sixteen by nine, and they're upresed and you know, they're, they're good. They're ports. They're good. They're undoubtedly three of the greatest 3d games of all time, especially 3d Mario games. So like you can't lose here, but I was expecting developer diaries behind the scenes making of, uh, you know, concept art. I was expecting, you know, beta stuff. I was expecting something and all we got outside of the games are each game soundtrack you can play it on your switch even when your switch is not in use that's a pretty nice touch it's the radio mode or whatever cool but i'm not i don't listen to my switch for music i don't care about video game osts like that so i uh 
I was a little disappointed in the in the trimmings, we'll say. I love the tree, but the trimmings just aren't yeah. there. Do I think it's worth $60? That's debatable. It depends on how much you like Mario. It depends on how, you know, are you going to be a completionist and go for 120 stars and 64? Oh, okay, so how's this? Let's say you liked one out of the three games. The other two you just thought were eh. You, if you have a Wii or a or a GameCube or a sixty four, I I just don't know. Like, does Mario sixty four look fucking incredible in HD? It it kind of does. Like, I actually like the sixty four look of it, but in HD, and they cleaned up the textures and they're not fuzzy and it looks crystal clear and it runs in sixty frames a second and it it looks and plays the best it's ever have. All three of these games, I've beaten Mario sixty four. I'm farther in Sunshine than I've ever been in my life, and I'll start Galaxy when I'm done. But I turned it on just so I could see what it looked like for these impressions, and it damn it looks damn fine. And the games, they like I said, they play better than they ever have, and they're three of my favorites. So do I think it's a great value? Or do I think it's a great game? Yes. Do I think it's a great value? No. And do I think it's, for the, for the average gamer, this is a $60 nostalgia trip because you're going to look at the box and you're going to say, holy shit, Super Mario 64. I had that game. I love that game. Oh, and it's on yeah. the Switch. I can play it anywhere. Can you imagine playing Super Mario 64 on a train or a plane or an automobile? No. Yeah. That's crazy. That's part of the Switch's appeal is playing things on the go. And, yeah. and I just I think that's awesome. I think they look beautiful. I think they even look really good in handheld. They're three of my favorites. But... But man, I'm disappointed in the in the packaging. I'm disappointed in kind of the box art. I'm disappointed in the menus. I'm disappointed in the fact that where the fuck is Super Mario Galaxy 2? Arguably the best game of them all. How can you just forget that game? Do I think it could come next year as a Super Mario 3D All-Stars plus Galaxy 2? That's what Nintendo does. So I could totally see me having to invest another 60. Do I think it could come as a free update? Like other people have said, probably not. I don't think that they would do that. Just give you a whole amazing game for free. I, I just don't see that. But who knows? I really hope this game was in development for just six months. So I really hope that the coronavirus is the real reason that there's not a lot of extras to explore. I truly hope that that's the could case. Be, could be. I, I do, and I hope that they are released as patches down the line, and they can just like Super Mario or like Super Smash Bros. Just kind of patches cool shit in. I hope to see that. But the fact is that this game is going away on March 31st for no reason. It's it's three great games for 20 bucks a pop when you know. It's that's a lot for some people. It's they're three of my favorite games. I love them. They play great. They are so much fun. But I'm a little disappointed. I truly am. It from a gameplay perspective, ten out of ten. From a extras, it's a three. You know, no, I, was, I was gonna say two. It's just not there. So I will wait to see if Nintendo adds things down the line, and I truly hope they do. But for now, you can't you can't play better games, but don't expect anything else besides playing the games.
and another game I know you were super excited to play. Let's talk about it. Twin Breaker Impressions. We were lucky enough. This is Colin Moriarty's game. We were lucky enough to be on the small list of, of media to get to review this game when it dropped on PlayStation a few months ago. This is Twin Breaker, A Sacred Symbols Adventure. And it was a 9.75 out of 10. This game was damn near perfect for me. I loved it. A twin brick-breaking game. You just don't see them anymore. And I said this would have been perfect on the Switch. For me to pick this up, be able to just pop it in, play a few levels, and put it down wherever I'm at is exactly what I'm looking for. And I'm very happy to say that that experience transfers so well, so well to a handheld. I've played this game exclusively in handheld because I have it for PS4. I don't need to play it on my television. I just want to play it in handheld. So very, very excited for that. Now, it's weird because on the PlayStation 4, it's a PlayStation podcast. Sacred Symbols is their PlayStation podcast. So in the PlayStation version, it's got the four buttons as the logo, triangle box, uh, square and circle. It's got it's, and it's weird that they've actually taken that out of the Nintendo Switch version. <laughs> so wow. that was a little weird. And I feel like the pixel work isn't quite as detailed. Maybe that's because I'm playing it on my handheld and not on my TV. So I feel like that's a little different and it looks a little different. And I will say that the button configuration, why do I release the ball with B instead of A? And why am I using the front two R and L's as opposed to the back two, which is just a little bit more natural. So I can, you can't switch them. I haven't, I haven't looked yet. I really hope you can, but like out of the box though, it comes with this weird configuration. Gotcha. Gotcha. So like, it shouldn't have to do that. It should come with the, the back buttons. We'll call it R two and L two. It's ZR and ZL, but for that, so that's a little weird, the configuration, but damn man plays great. Still fun. You can still pick it up, play a few levels, or you can beat the game and play all 40 in just a couple hours. Um, I, I love it, and it's just as good on Switch. Sans the weird controls that I hope you can change. You're a good point. I haven't looked yet, but uh, it's it's still a joy, and it's not expensive. So go pick it up on the eShop now. It's on Xbox One now. It's on PC now, or you can pick it up for the PlayStation 4. I believe it's 10 bucks. I'm not oh, you sure. can't do that. But like, it's, it, it sounds like Colin, Colin did it again. It's just, and guess what? He's working on a sequel for this game. He's also working on Hybraxia 2, which will come to other platforms. So the guy is now a full-fledged game developer too, and I'm very, very happy to report that Twin Breaker has not lost any of its shine from the PlayStation 4 version, and I, I just fucking love it. What a great game. Oh, that's good to hear. I, I kind of thought you were going to sing praises for this and Mario, so just twin beating out Mario. Okay. I, I, don't I just, don't get me wrong, man. The game is amazing. The extras for Mario, though, it's just they're just there's just not a as Vince McMahon would say. I want more beef, damn it. <laughs> I, I I hear you. I hear you. Next up, we got a review. Let's talk about WWE. 2K Battlegrounds. I was so hot on this game when it got announced. I was like, oh my god, WWE All-Stars. Like, this game's going to kick ass. And I thought, I thought you canceled the pre-order. And then I did. <laughs> because <laughs> because, yeah, because I, I was thinking, so I remember, right? they kept doing these character reveals. 
and like every day they were announcing two new characters and they always had these fucking flames around them. And I kept commenting, like, can you turn the flames off? And nobody would answer me. And yeah, then heat. and then right. And then they bring out the box art and the rock's arm is on fire. And I'm like, can we please turn the fucking flames off? Like, I don't want that. That takes away from the character models. And then I find out that there's a shit ton of microtransactions in this game. Like there comes the base roster and then you basically got to buy 45 other characters if you want them. And that was a a very unappealing to me. So I've canceled my pre-order. So then I said, okay, it's only 40 bucks. Let me, let me wait to see gameplay. Let me wait to see the reviews, the YouTubers I trust that do their gameplay of it. And I'll make my decision. I've made my decision. And it's perfectly in line with what IGN has to say. Going in a direction of a simple, easy-to-pick-up-and-play pro wrestling game was absolutely the right move as an alternative to the sim-heavy mainline WWE 2K games. But WWE 2K Battleground botches what should have been a sure thing. Its gameplay is shallow. Its microtransactions are incredibly obtrusive. Its cartoony art lacks charm, and its hit hit detection is constantly wonky. The list goes on and on. It can be fun for a very casual level for a short amount of time, but if you've got a group of friends to play with, it's not quite a disaster, but WWE 2K Battlegrounds is nonetheless another in a growing series of massive misses for WWE video games. Ouch. Uh, four or five. It's a five, yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, that, that, it, it sucks, but... I want no part of this microtransaction shit. I want no part of the flames. And apparently everybody's only got like three moves and they're all the same. Like... Rey Mysterio should have different moves than Jeff Hardy. They are both, they're different wrestlers with different yes, movesets. Yes, ag- agreed. But in this game, they're both just high flyers. So they each have their special, but their entire moveset is apparently the same outside of that. I want nothing. Nah, that's, that stinks. I want nothing to do with that, man. Nothing. And, I'm going to And I feel, I feel like since we're talking about wrestling, I feel like we should at least pay our condolences to say rest in peace animal of yeah. the Road Warriors. Mm-hmm. I know they, we, we both, they were, them and the Hardy Boys, I know we both loved them, watched them growing up, and uh, just want to say, you know, rest in peace. 60, 60 years young, and Joseph Laurinaitis, and uh, now Hawk and Animal, both both uh, deceased, and we wish, yeah. him, wish him and nothing but the family peace in this difficult time. Yeah. Next up, we have Insomniac has clarified a few things about the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. So there will be the PS5 version. There will be a PS4 version. We knew that. Uh, We talked about that last week with our shitty audio. Sorry, everyone. But now there's a little bit of clarity. If you buy the PS4 version and you eventually get a PS5, you can upgrade to the PS5 version for free. Which is very nice. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. You can only do that, I believe, with the disc version, though. If you buy it digitally, you will not get the upgrade. I don't know if I read that right or if I'm missing that. I forget. But regardless, you can upgrade for free. Now, the trouble there lies within of, number one, 
Your saved data, well, let's start with the remaster. If you yeah. buy the ultimate edition of Miles Morales, you get a remastered 2018's Insomniac Spider-Man, which is was my game of the year uh, in 2018 over God of War, which was contentious, Crazy. which was contentious, but I just liked it more. Um, so you get the remaster. That's cool. But the remaster itself will not be sold standalone. Uh, and it will not come on a disc. It will be digital only. And that is apparently pissing some fans off. But on top of that, if you bought the this Ultimate Edition, you get this remaster, which is the only way to get the remaster. It's not going to be sold as a standalone. Uh, you... Let's say that, you know, you bought a PS4 and you're like halfway through the game and you want to beat it before the launch day, but you just don't for whatever reason. Your save will not transfer from your PS4 version up to the remaster. You have to start all over again, which I can understand can be a swift kick in the nuts for some people. Yeah, you know, I think about it, people, I know we, we talked about it over text back and forth that, you know, some people to buy this are going to be trading in that PS4 game. And, you know, like, you know, we're very fortunate that we're, we're keeping our PS4s and we have the game beaten already on there. So we can go back and play that anytime. The remasters, you know, do nothing for, or at least to me, I, I think I'm speaking for both of us that we're not going to get the, the remasters, but a lot of people that, have to trade in. I, I can see how that they're they're a little butthurt about. So I, I you're right. I mean, I can see. I'm not going to purchase the ultimate edition, but I can see the gamer out there saying to themselves, "You know what? Before I play Miles Morales, because it's a fifty dollar title, it's a smaller game than than the than the original. It's not a full blown sequel." I can see them saying, "You know what? I'm going to get this ultimate edition because I'm going to go play the original again." Yeah. You know. So so I can see that. That's probably you know a big reason why they're doing it because that game was just such a smash hit sales. Yeah, it was so, so fun. I, I just, I don't love the thought of not being able to transfer your save data. That seems like something that is doable. It's not like it should be out of the realm of possibility in my opinion. Yeah. You know, then you think maybe COVID had something to do with that when they were just trying to focus on this thing, they didn't have time to go backtrack and, you know, do what they had to do to be able to transfer the data. I just hope I, it's just I, I'm just firmly in this camp that there are going to be so many people that trade in their PS4s just to afford this console. And like there, if you didn't beat that game, you're you're screwed. Now, the the I mean, you, you guys, you guys have plenty of time to beat it. That's that's where I, mean? I was going to have almost two months. literally what I was just about to say is the other side of the argument is, well, then go beat it. Like, <laughs> I mean, like. That's the other side. If you want it bad you know, enough, we're, st- we're still kind of quarantined. So what else are we doing? If you want, if you want the game bad enough, then you probably should beat the first one, or probably already. Oh, have, okay, so. and and I like to think like at least seventy five percent of the people already beat that game and the expansions that they that they released on it. I have not beaten all the DLC. I have to go do that, but. I'm also going to be one of the few that gets it on PS4. So I'm, I don't care yeah. either way. This doesn't affect me. I'm, I'm not getting a PS5 until God of War comes out. That's, that's and it's, it's kind of funny because we're both doing different things, but we're both still perfectly satisfied of the outcome. Like I so said, we're both keeping our systems. So you're good with the PS4. I'm lucky with the PS5, just going to get it that way. So in the end, we both win. 
the, to me, man, the PS5, the Xbox Series X, where I think the big upgrade for them comes is going to be load times. It's going to be, it's going to be, oh yeah, yeah, you know, putting a disc in, and you have that still shot of whatever that's on your screen for thirty seconds while the game's booting yeah. in the background. That's going away. Um, on PlayStation and Xbox, I believe you can start three games simultaneously and just switch back and forth just like the Nintendo Switch or a oh, PC wow. or whatever. So like those are the things. The draw distance. You can see an entire city as opposed to a little bit of fog out there in the distance. But to me, a the, the graphical upgrade. We're not going from PS1 to PS2 here. You could that was one of the most incredible leaps or from Super Nintendo to N64 just going into the third fucking dimension. Like those are some of the yeah. biggest leaps in gaming. We're not getting that anymore. We are so high fidel- my PS4 on my 85-inch 4K fucking television looks beautiful enough that I don't think when I plug my Miles Morales in and put it next to your Miles Morales, it's going to be so much of a difference that I'm going to go out and say, fuck, man, I need a PS5 tomorrow. It's just not. I'm going to get just as much enjoyment out of that game on PS4 because it's going to look good enough. Yours is going to run better. No doubt about it. And that stuff means a lot to me, but it's not like it's going to run like shit. We're still talking about the PS4 here, one of the greatest consoles of all time. You're not wrong. Next up, this is probably my most like hype news. Metal Gear Solid may be getting a full remake. And and my trusted, like the people I trust on Twitter, like the games journalists and stuff like that, I went to them. And I looked at their timelines and, and I said, uh, like, I wonder what they have to say. The, the people that, you know, the people that break all this news about Nintendo and PlayStation, like, do they have any inkling? And multiple said, I don't believe it. I, I kind of do. I kind of do just because it makes sense. No, it, it makes perfect sense. The place they've been doing a lot of remasters of these classic games, and, and Metal and, Gear is such a beloved franchise. Why would I feel like they're, they're, they would leave money on the table by not doing this? It's also kind of synonymous with PlayStation. Like, yeah. Metal Gear started on the NES, and not a lot of people realize. Wow, that. not a lot That's of people. How far realize. back? And so, like this, this is a fucking. 30 year old plus franchise that is that people don't even remember started on the damn NES that most people start with Metal Gear Solid 1 on the PlayStation 1 as yeah, a beloved that's, classic that's what I, I, that was a trivia question I thought it was PS1 <laughs> you bring that game home now yeah. they've remastered it a few times but they've never fully remade it and that's what the rumor is is it's a full remake like Resident Evil 2 and 3 like Demon Souls like, um, damn, what's that other Final Fantasy? Like a full blown remake, and yeah, Sony is just doing that right now. Like I just said, Final Fantasy, Crash Bandicoot, uh, and it's, it's like it's a good way now, especially all like to get newer fans into it. Obviously, all of us, you know, everyone in their 
upper 20s and early 30s, they're going to dive on this because like most, this the game we played back in the day, whether it was Metal Gear 1 or 2, like, I feel like everyone has their favorites. But. Now, now, remember, though, that Metal Gear Solid is Konami. That is not a Sony-owned or Microsoft-owned. That is a completely third-party company. So if and the rumor is that this will be a PS5 exclusive, and that's where I'm like, eh, I could see the remake being made, but I could also see it be multi-plat because Konami is fucking Konami, and they want that money's now. Yeah, cool. You know it's going to sell for both systems. Now the thing is, the weird part about this rumor is uh, Hideo Kojima, who made Death Stranding and now has Kojima Productions. He was the creative genius behind Metal Gear Solid. He's gone. They've they've they kicked him out. They they dis oh, what's the word when you get rid of someone? Like dis uh disbanded excommunicado. I that's where I'm going to go with. They have they have Ian McShane the fuck out of this guy. And and like do they then want that egg on their face because that to say we're going to Disown, which was the word I'm looking for. We're going to disown this guy and then take his most beloved property and just remake it. Basically says, yeah, we done goofed. And and the Japanese culture, man, it's just they are a different culture. They believe in the shame and this and that and the other things that, that we just don't in America. We just love that green. We just love that money. So, like, that'll play a part of it. I do believe that if this happens, if it's an exclusive, it's timed. Just like Final Fantasy. I yeah, I could see like a year. Exactly. The same exact yeah. thing. I think that that's where we're rolling right now. So I, I kind of believe this is true. I believe it'll come to multi-plat eventually. If it's got any exclusivity, it'll be timed. And I can even see 2, 3, and maybe even 4 being remastered and packaged in. Oh, you have my money with 1, 2 especially, 3, and maybe both. 2 and 4 were always my favorites growing up. So regardless, I would love to jump in if they started at one and then released the next three. You have my money. That would be, hey, listen, if they just released one as a remake and then saw how well they were doing and then just fully remade the rest, kind of like Resident Evil's doing, that's not a bad business plan. Resident Evil's that, working. That's what I'm saying. The, the, you know, the first one sells and it goes good. Boom, let's jump on two. Two is, I think, probably my favorite. Two or, it's close to or four, but day one buys instantly. The Game Awards will take place on December 10th from L.A., London, and Tokyo. Nothing really more to this story. It'll be a digital thing, um, as we kind of all anticipated. No no crowd, no nothing. Um, but Jeff Keighley, man, he's got a lot up his sleeve. He There's always cool reveals and world premieres and debuts and shit. Uh, you know, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance 3 was there, and one of the Smash Fighters, Joker, was was revealed at the game awards and the Marvel's Avengers game was, I believe unveiled at the game awards. So there's a lot to be had here for that. I think that there's, um, so oven, you know, some fire. And in how the oven. They want game. Come on, let's do it. They, they can have something up their sleeve, but it's nice to know that that's coming along. And this year, more than others, I wish this was in front of a crowd simply because I truly think I, I want to be there to hear the reaction to The Last of Us Part 2's nominations. 
Well, you you might be like twenty people clapping and screaming that you might be able to hear. But like that's such a divisive <laughs> game. No, no, I know, I know. It's such a divisive game that I I wonder if people would boo or if you have those woke SJWs that hate that game would you know blah 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 blah. It's still my game of the year, but like I man, it it does it does make me think because I think they're going to be up for a lot of awards and I don't think they're going to win game of the year, but I just. I would love to hear a fan reaction to The Last of Us Part 2. But regardless, it's happening. You're getting it. December 10th, it's always around that time. Uh, get ready for some cool shit happening. The Last of Us the West of this Day is happening on September 26th. Yeah, uh, Naughty Dog has rebranded their, like, you know, the day that it all started. You know, they call it, like, you know, Infection Day or Emergence Day or whatever. That's now going to be called The Last of Us Day. They're going to be celebrating it this year a little differently than they have in the past. They usually do like a big gathering and all this stuff, and they celebrate the franchise. They're not going to be doing that this year, but they did say September 26th, which, by the way, is in two days. It's this weekend. So if you listen to this pod early, go check it out. Expect some fun stuff, including some small announcements. Now, I don't know what that means i don't think we're getting dlc especially on a sunday i don't think we're getting you know we don't we can't get a new difficulty we already got grounded i we already have new game plus so there's a lot going in so maybe like a new multiplayer mode or something uh maybe some cheat codes i i don't i don't know we're definitely not you know getting it but i could see i could see like something about the HBO series. That's what I hope to see. Oh, a little tease. Okay, that, that okay, that that'd be something. I hope to see like a thirties. Now I don't even know if they started filming, if they're still writing, how far away it is. I know nothing about that. I imagine it's very very early in pre-production, but I wouldn't mind like a plot summary. Just that's it. Just give me a plot summary. I don't want it to be Joel and Ellie. Or, or just or let us know how many episodes it's going to be, or give us just give us a little bit, just give us tease us with something, even a release window, something like, or like we're going to start production on you know October first, and it's going to be in London or whatever. I I don't know, but I, I think we're going to get something small from the HBO series because man, I'm looking forward to that. I wouldn't even mind it being season one is. You know, an alternate timeline in the Joel and Ellie stuff. And then you get into like the WLF Abby stuff, um, or even maybe not just Abby, maybe just the WLF and the Seraphites and all that. I want all of that in this series, man. I think it's got so much potential. Agreed. Nintendo Shadow dropped a new Kirby game Wednesday night at 9. So weird. So fucking Nintendo of them. Very random. Like, it, it leaked online this game ahead of time of course it did but do you know who leaked it nintendo mm-hmm. <laughs> they put it on they their, we- their own they, they put it on their website early for whatever reason i don't get it what they do but last night at nine o'clock i have my i have twitter notifications turned on for xbox playstation and nintendo of so, course. so like i don't want to miss any news so like nintendo uh they they tweeted out at nine o'clock last night. I'm watching the Phil's game, and we're watching the show Queen of the South on Netflix. And uh, I get a tweet, and I'm like, "Oh my god, nine o'clock at night!" Now that's like I think it's like nine o'clock in the morning in Japan, and 
so that I get it. But like, that is weird. They usually announce stuff at 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. So I get it. But it's Kirby Fighters 2. It's available now. It's the this is not the first one. The first one was on 3DS. It's very much like Kirby Smash Bros. I mean, like if you're into it, that that can I can see it being fun. Kirby games are not for me. I've tried almost every one of them. I just don't enjoy them. Um, but Kirby Fighters 2 is available now in the eShop. I think it's like 20 bucks or something. Go get it if you'd like it. How about this? Amazon officially enters the gaming landscape with Luna. Weird. Um, just, Another one out of left field. Just weird. No, no, no. It was, it's been rumored for a long time. The name was... Rumor, but I, I forgot. I the, forgot. That, that is true. <laughs> Definitely forgotten. And I, and I would have hoped that it was forgotten because of how shitty Stadia is doing. And that's their competitor. And this is a streaming game service. And it also costs money per month. I mean, this is a Stadia model that costs more than Stadia. I believe it does. I think with Stadia, you just buy the controller and buy the games. Oh, you know what? But this, I believe you get the games as a part of the service. So that that's where it differs as opposed to buying a game for 60 your $6 a month just gets you all the games available. So yeah. that's that's actually probably a better value. 10 months equals one game. So like that's actually a really good value. Um it's but that's only an introductory rate. I don't know much more. It's 5.99 per month. You'll get 4K and 60 frames per second on select titles, but you have to have an internet connection strong enough to support that and 4K you need I believe 25 or 35 megs on the upload. Just to just to stream 4K, and if you have a lot of devices, or you're on a shared network, or a, like us in row homes, our internet doesn't. I got a thousand uh, megs, and I get 180. So, like, it's Damn. not great. It's coming to PCs and Mac and iOS. It's even going to come to Android later on. It's going to be more than 100 games available. So that's very Game Pass ish. I like that, and it's got Twitch integration now. That's where I think this differs from Stadia. This is not a competitor to PS5, Xbox One. No, 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 nowhere near. Or even Switch. This is game streaming. You buy the controller or maybe you even get the controller as a part of your $5.99. And that's literally exactly what Stadia does. Like I said, Stadia, you buy the game, download it, and play it wherever. This, you can stream it on your fucking iPhone. You can play it with the Twitch controller, whatever, with the, uh, the, the Amazon controller. But here's where it differs. That Twitch integration is really important because Google, Stadia is Google. Google's got a lot of things, but Google does not have Twitch. And Amazon Amazon owns Twitch. And Amazon has all the money right now. So, I mean, why why not dip your toe in in gaming? And, And listen, if you own Twitch, you can promote the shit however you want. Amazon can turn Twitch's homepage where everybody goes to watch all the big games into the Luna stuff. Go watch this guy with Luna, this girl with Luna, and then they can go take their top Twitch streamers and they can bring them in on exclusive deals that they have to stream with Luna. And you can get your you can get your popularity going that way because unfortunately, especially the younger audience, and we were there once in our lives, they're influenced by the people they watch online. And if they're playing with Luna, and it's only six bucks a month. I'm going, mommy. I want this thing. I can play Red Dead Two 
for six bucks a month. And she'll say, whoa, I don't have to drop 500 bucks on a console. Here you go. So I can see this being more popular than Stadia, but I just don't think this is a really sustainable thing because you got to remember, man, we're lucky to have 100 megs on the East Coast yeah. and West Coast. Sure. The, the middle of the country, man, they still don't get jack shit. Yeah, and, and again, like we said, you know, you got every system under the sun, so I, 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 I know you're going to pass on this one. I don't want to play my games over streaming. The last thing I want, right, yeah. is to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I get to that scene. You know what I'm talking about, and it stops and buffers. Dude, you know, I was going to say, and, and especially when you speak Final Fantasy, like there's a couple huge scenes where there is so much shit going on that I don't even know if it would work. Do you ever turn on Netflix and for the first 10 seconds it's really shitty and blurry and then it eventually picks up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, or there would be sometimes where you're playing an episode or you're just watching something. It goes shitty, like you just said, for you know, maybe 10, 15 seconds and bam, it'll straighten back out. Do you want that for your games? No. You don't want that. Hell no. What if you're in the middle of a boss battle? It's just not for me a way that I think is sustainable for playing games. That's all. Yeah, I agree. Oh, wow. We're done. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. There was a couple of silence, uh, seconds of awkward silence there because I thought there was another story in gaming. There is not. But so we move into the movie section. Again, oh, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> any other week, this might lead off. Uh, the whole show. So I'm going to let you go. I've done a, most of the talking tonight. My voice is hoarse. I'm ready to take a break because it's official. Although it's divisive. Some people yeah. say that they shouldn't be doing it at all, including our Instagram DMs. But the Justice League is undergoing reshoots. Yeah, and, and this is something that I think I said a while ago that I feel like there had to be reshoots. Because he shot this movie at that time thinking that he was going to get two sequels. So in my head, it only made sense if he, if he wanted to, re, if they're giving him the chance to redo a movie that's three years old, that he's going to have to go in a different direction. He can't stick to what he originally had when he originally had three more movies. So he had to do something else. And to me, this says a lot where the, the names that I saw was, was Gail Godot. Jason Momoa, Ben Affleck, and, and, and Henry uh, Cable, that they were all coming back for reshoots. And, so, and the guy who plays Cyborg, Ray, whatever. Oh, Ray, Ray Fisher. Yeah. So he, he was going to come back to do reshoots that, you know, people were saying, oh, well, seven years old. But to me, this speaks volumes that how much that they support Zach, believe in him, that they're going back to do reshoots of a, a movie that, that, that they shot four years ago, they shot this. That they're going back to stick this out. And, you know, we always we always thought that it was going to be the 30 million. We heard it was a lot more. And I know that the reports saying that it could be 70, it could be 60, it could be 80. We still don't freaking know. Obviously, it, it's going to be a shit ton. And I heard I got a couple DMs from people saying, well, are we going to get Superman's, uh, his mustache? Absolutely not, Zach. I think he put it on Vero or Twitter saying that absolutely zero frames shot by Josh Whedon, which... And he shot Superman with that weird mustache. That's all Josh. None of it's Zach's. None of that's going to be in this new cut. You don't have to worry about any of that. I am, again, more, it's just more hype surrounded by this. I just hope that now at this point, like, they're kind of putting on a pedestal. Like, now they're going to have to stick this landing. I mean, you're, 
at the time the movie is a $250 million budget, you're going to throw $50, $75 million more dollars at it. Again, I, they, I think they will make their money and then some because it's definitely going to drive some people to, of course, subscribe to HBO Max at least for that month just to check it out. Or, yeah, it's going to be at least a month because it's going to be, I imagine, you know, four weeks, four parts, one episode each week. I mean, they're going to have my money. You know, I, I don't think there's a doubt about that, but I, I'm just interested to see what, where he's going to turn it. What more Baxter will be going to get? Is the Stefan Wolf battle going to be completely different? Is Superman battle going to be completely different when he's battling Wonder Woman, Batman, and a couple other, you know, members there? I, I'm, I'm just interested which way he goes, which way he's going to Xavier Zach. But didn't they say there's not going to be any reshoots? Like what? How do you believe anything anymore? Like I, 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 well, I mean, again, well, years people, there, there was no scenario. This has never happened. This has never happened. Obviously, it's happening. I, I even, I, I, I remember all the time. I always said that I thought there was going to be reshoots. Like there almost had to be reshoots, even though the report I read that it was only one week of reshoots. So I don't know if, if that's true or not, but that's the part I read. Again, it, it just makes sense. He has to. If he's only going to get one shot at this, he's got to get it right. I figure he had a more background scenes. It, it just had to be done, in my opinion. I, I don't know how else he was going to sit around it with just doing, you know, voiceovers. You know, I, I listen. This is you know, this is six in one hand, half a dozen in the other for me. I, you know, personally, it doesn't affect how I feel about the film, my enjoyment of what the product will be if or when I'm going to watch it. I will be on my couch night one and I will enjoy all four parts, you know, as they were intended. So it doesn't matter to me that they're going back for reshoots. Reshoots tend to generally have a negative connotation. Um, you know, but in this context of, you know, what I was saying where again, remember guys, he's going in for a trilogy. Now it's just one. So of course to me, if you want to tell a story, you had to tweak something, add something, t- took away something here. I just, I just uh, think he's moving the puzzles, he's I, mo- moving the puzzle pieces. I think that it's good that in this context, it does have a positive, overall positive reaction to it because again, you know, people want this so bad to just disconnect from anything Joss Whedon had to do with this film that I don't see a downside to it. I just, you know, here's where I'm at. I can't be mad at this movie saying, no, we're not doing reshoots, lying about that, and then doing reshoots, and then not be mad at The Last of Us Part Two giving us fake trailers just to throw off the scent, and they lied to us. That'd be hypocritical. I can't do that. So I, I won't do that, because why the fuck, this is me now, personally, why the fuck would I as a human being, give a shit if a movie's getting reshot or not. Why do I care? Well, I don't care. If it makes a product better, it makes a product better. Like, the Fantastic Four reshoots, they were done for a different reason. and that, oh, they, were, they were doomed from the start. And that wig is so bad. Yeah. Um, so bad. But I digress. I, why would you, as a fan of anything, get so... Imagine getting so worked up over saying we're going to go do some reshoots 
that that it would anger you to the point you don't want to see the movie. I like like imagine imagine getting mad at having to put a piece of cloth over your face in a store. My God! But anyway, no. But again, like this is something that imagine the scenes that he had to film. Each actor had to get. They all had to read it. And, and agree, like, wow, this is good. And to go back and, and do something that's been in the can for four years. Like, to me, that speaks volumes. Dude, here, I, I'm happy to get Ben back, man. We're getting Ben back as Batman. Here's so. the thing that I, here's how I think of it our podcast is the same amount old as the Justice League, basically. One of our first episodes was a review of the Justice League. So yeah. we've been around just as long as that. I can't remember. What the fuck we talked about four years ago? I am. No, a, I, I I can all know what I did four weeks ago. <laughs> and I am a different person mentally, physically, and creatively than I was four years ago. So if I'm if I'm Zack Snyder and I'm sitting down and I look at all the footage I have in the can, and I've thought about this every day for four years, my vision has changed. My story has changed. My creativity has changed. Why would I want him to be forced to use what he has as opposed to the guy's a different guy than he was? Maybe he has a different, better idea. I would rather that come to light because it ain't my money. I don't care. So go and, shoot and it, dude. Go. I was going to say, do you, mean, do you mean directors probably finish a movie and then maybe a year or two later, like, oh, my God, if I did this. You know, there's always that, like, one other thing that you're that ever regret or something. You know what I mean? And he's asking getting a chance to go back and redo it yeah i don't i don't like, see any that, downside of this that's yeah it. not a lot of directors get this opportunity i can see the downside from the people that don't trust the marketing message and that that's fine i could see the the dc haters like the dc movie haters and like i said i'm, I'm kind of one of them like i'm not i'm not an activist i don't care that much and dc crushes tv so i'm okay with it i'm not one of those who's like haha dc's gotta go reshoot i'm like I think like they're reshooting with Jason Momoa, Ben App, people that you dream. Dude, I, I look at this as great news for these. I don't look at this as bad news at all. Like this is something that I, I, if I went back months ago, a year ago, I, I'm sure I mentioned reshoots had to be done for this film. If they wanted to, you know, get to where he wanted to go. If he wanted to end it, and start the movie here. And it's a four-hour mark, and here with no sequel or, or nothing else there, like to tie all those knots. Yeah, and me personally, man, the guy is a different person than he was four years ago. He went yeah. through an incredibly traumatic experience and event. He's got a different way to tell this story, and I'm fine. I'd rather him get to tell it than for us to get Snyder Cut V2 in 10 more years. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Give, give, him, give him the closure that the man deserves. We are getting a Yakuza movie. And this, another thing, came out of freaking nowhere. I am. This is a day one movie. I the Yakuza. There's so many movies based on that around them. Sign me up. I'm there. This is probably one of the best examples of a game I'll never play, but a movie I'll really want. Yeah, like the same here. Like I, I can appreciate. I can appreciate the game, the style it is. Yeah. But movie live action, I feel like it's more my cup of tea than the actual game. And a lot of these games are very, very critically acclaimed and praised, and they're just. Uh, you know, and I love, like I said before a million times, I love the Japanese culture. If I could live anywhere else on the planet, it would be Tokyo. So, like, I'm all in on that. The Yakuza games, though, it, they just never really 
that style of like the Grand Theft Auto style just doesn't. It's not my real. Yeah. That's not how I like to play my games. It's not the style of game I like to play. But I can't think of many other games that I don't want to play. But I'd watch the shit out of that movie. So, oh my god, yeah. I am. I'm super all in on that. Uh, Disney, and this is this is also a big one. This is a lot to unravel here. A lot to unpack. Disney has updated its release schedule, and uh, oh boy. Oh, Jesus. It's, there, there's a lot of changes. So we have them all. Not good. Not good. Not, not, not great. No, I will, uh, I will tell you them all and then we'll go back and we'll hit some of the big ones. The really the three big ones. So then here we go. Death on the Nile, previously 10, 23, 20 has been pushed back two months to December 18th. Not that big of a deal. The Empty Man, previously 12 420, now moves up to 1023. So that's good news. Black Widow, uh, originally was supposed to be out on Blu ray by now, but <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be in theaters 11 6, has now been moved to May 7th, 2021. Oh. Ouch. Eternals, previously coming out December, I'm sorry, February 12th, 2021, so not that far off. Has now moved to eleven five twenty one. So only what nine months? Not a huge, huge deal. At least it's the same year. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, previously dated for May seventh twenty one, which is now Black Widow's spot. It's going to move back two months to July 9th, twenty twenty one. An untitled Disney film will be out. Uh, uh, was supposed to come out uh, January. I'm sorry, July 9th, twenty one. Has now been removed. Scrapped. Bye bye. Deep Water, previously dated for 11.30 of this year, has moved almost a year to 8.13.2021. A 20th century uh, Disney movie, uh, which has yet to be announced for 8.13.21, where Deep Water is now, has been scrapped. Bye-bye. That's two. West Side Story, supposed to come out this year, 12.18, has now been moved a full year to 12.10. 2021 and the king's man which we've talked about 226 21 is now 212 21 so it actually gets moved up two weeks but we've talked about that i believe two weeks ago on the pod some decent stories a couple you know movies get moved up eh, but some big ones getting delayed yet again yeah, I'm, I'm like by the time black widow comes out people are just gonna be over it like all right just you know what I mean? Like the movie should have been out number one, like 10 years ago. So getting it now, like I feel like it's definitely going to hurt at the box office. Black could be wrong. Could be wrong. But I, I think, I don't think it's going to make the money they, they hope to make. Black widow. I feel like would have been a perfect film around the time of like Dr. Strange and Ant-Man. Like that's where I feel she would have fit and not because she's at that level of a character. She's a bigger character than those two, but that's why I think she could be big. We were getting a lot of smaller side story phase. What is that? Two or three films. If you hit us with a black, um, a black widow kind of origin, she could have kind of taken that. Now we have like captain Marvel is the big solo female film. It's like blah. And we already know the fate of black widow. So like I I yeah. told I said this before I want no part of shit where I know the character's already dead it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to invest time where I know the character's fate already 
Um, it's half the reason I didn't like Rogue One. It's, you know, part of the reason I don't like a lot of these style of things. And, and quite frankly, I I don't really care. There's a like, there's a show I'm watching on Netflix right now. The opening scene is the main character dying. Like, fuck. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Why am I watching four seasons if I know how it ends? So I'm hoping there's a twist there. But regardless, um, there's a there's a lot of change. Black Widow moving. You know, and you said in Shang Chi was seven twenty nine twenty one. You said seven nine twenty one. Yeah, so that's only two months. That's not a big. One. Okay, so so that's actually coming out before Eternals. Uh, it always, yeah, it always was. It always oh, was. I, for some reason I thought the Eternals. Oh was no 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 no! I'm Shang-Chi. sorry, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. The Eternals was before Shang Chi. The Eternals was February. Shang Chi was May, and now Eternals is November. When Shang Chi is July. So okay, so okay, so they changed it a little bit. They huh. did change it. Yes. That, that actually is – that's a good pickup. I didn't pick up on that. So now Eternals supposed to come right after Black Widow. Well, not right after. It's supposed to be after Black Widow. It still is only uh, only by, what, six months now. So yeah. it's not that hmm. big of a deal, and, and there you go. I mean, again, it's, you know, no, no one's rushing to the theaters right now. Um, what we got The only big movie I can think that took the chance to release is, is Tenet, right? Uh, I mean, New Mutants, if you want to call it a big movie. Well, let's just see. So just a Tenet, $200 million budget. It's Christopher Nolan. Worldwide box office, they made 251 as of right now. Yeah. New Mutants, not So, I mean, that, well. that, that just – that could have been an example they used, and I, I, I can't blame them for pushing it back. All right. Let's move on to TV because we got some good news, and that is The Boys – is getting a spinoff. Thank, thank God, because the boys again. I, I say it every week that it's I believe the best show on television right now. It's dropping the twenty fourth on midnight till Friday. If you're waking up, obviously it's already on Amazon. Cannot wait. The, the, the trailer they released it looks insane as always. So, spinoff. I'm in day one. I I hear it's about a younger. Maybe high school kids getting powers or something? College. Co- college. Okay, I- yeah. I'm in. Yeah, be about college kids with superpowers. What I like about the potential this has over even something like The Boys is The Boys writes off the comics. It writes off the characters. It writes off the plot lines. And it writes off the superpowers. Not the case anymore, my friends. With these college kids, you can give them any power that you want. Any name that you want, any storyline that you want, you have no source material to really work with, which I think gives it a lot of freedom. And I think the writers of the show have been so brilliant, even though they have source material, they've been so brilliant that I truly believe that this is the one spinoff that I think can be just as good as the original. I can't think of any. Better Call Saul is the only one that like drives home that it's almost just as good. Yeah, that, that I can definitely co-sign that one. And, and like this, like you could show an origin of of heroes becoming good, heroes becoming bad. What happens in between to make them go left or right? So I'm all in. Something else I thought we'd be all in on, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this trailer. Was the Wandavision trailer? It dropped for Disney Plus. It still doesn't have a release date. It says 2020 still. Uh, this will be the first Marvel show making its way to the service. Uh, it, it kind of out of nowhere dropped this trailer. Did it 
give you hope? What did you think? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I saw a lot of people saying it looked amazing. I just thought it looked okay. Same. Um, I, I didn't want to bring I that the, big I energy. I love Elizabeth also. I, I think she's great in the role. I just – maybe it's just I'm not a huge Scarlet Witch fan or, or Vision fan. Like, obviously, I'm more DC. I, I like Marvel. But for I don't have, like, crazy attachment to these characters. Of course, I'm going to watch. Don't get it twisted. But I think I'm just – my hype meter is just kind of, like, in the middle. I'm not going to kind of put it on the pedestal. I – and you know me. I actually prefer Marvel to DC in, in almost every realm but TV. And this was Marvel's opportunity to bring TV to the forefront and really take hold – and, and give a lot of oomph because DC Universe is no more. I mean, they're getting rid of it. They're moving it to HBO Max. So, like, this could be the opportunity to really drive that home. And I just thought it was okay. And I know what we're getting into. It's a different type of show. And it's not going to be your straightforward A and B plot line, drama, whatever. It's totally different. And I'm okay with that. But what we got didn't do it for me. It just didn't excite me. I'm still at a... Yeah, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not like this is the Mandalorian or the boys where I look forward to it every week. No, I, and, and unless episode one is bananas and it blows me away, may, may, it could happen. You know, I just don't know if this is the type of show that has even the potential to blow you away. I think it could be really funny or I think it could be really interesting, but I don't think it'll be holy shit mind-blowing i don't think it's got that yeah i mean i'm right behind you and also if i'm not mistaken didn't they just push back the falcon and the winter soldier i i don't know i heard that it's still now i'm track. looking at it now it says winter soldiers set the premiere in 2021 and will consist of six episodes that's just not a lot of episodes but it will be part of the phase four of the mcu yeah i don't know i don't know i mean that that's that's my most hype show that they're making right now besides Moon Knight. Moon Knight's my number one, but I don't know. For the first one being, you know, WandaVision, okay. Let, let me see what you got for your first. Yeah, I almost kind of would have preferred a better introduction oh, I, I think, to the I MCU. I think everyone would have rather had Winter Soldier and Cat first. Yeah. Or even Hawkeye. Or even Loki. Or even She-Hulk. Or uh, even maybe, Moon Knight. Maybe, uh, like, um, Moon Knight, of course, I'll always co-sign that. I, I just don't know any less interesting pair than Wanda vision. I just don't know. Uh, the, to me, the movies, they didn't do anything for me. So I didn't, I think age of Ultron is the worst one and it is all about vision. So easy. The worst one, uh, you know, it's out of the Avengers movies. And I, and I like, thank you. And I, and I like the concept of Marvel coming to television. I really do. And trying to plant their flag where DC already has such a big imprint and they're doing I mean, it. Go ahead. I'm saying they, they need it to be good. You know, just, just the Winter Soldier alone, that show is a $150 million budget. I imagine WandaVision, the special effects are probably right up there. You're doing. Oh, I did. I did me. like see. I did like seeing her in, in like that old costume, kind of like herself, like the old style. Yeah, I, I did. I mean, I, she's a beautiful woman. Listen, the one big advantage this show has over anything DC puts out is its platform. Disney Plus. Yeah is just one of the biggest streamers in the world, streaming services. It's got a very, very rabid audience. And this is the type of show that when it comes out, it just takes a couple of tweets 
and then it becomes viral and you just never know where it can take you. But I'm just, I'm kind of just mad on it right now. Of course I'll watch it. And when we get a release date, you can bet your bottom dollar. We'll talk about it on the pod. But let's move on because this is where our top three is going to be housed tonight is this next story. So we'll talk about the story for a second and then we'll give our top three. We're getting a Peacemaker series on HBO Max. And if you don't know, Peacemaker is a part of the Suicide Squad, particularly the film by James Gunn. He's played by John Cena. Oh, right. James Gunn and John Cena are reprising their respective roles as creator and star for this series. Like, holy shit. Another story came out of nowhere. Um, I love that that James Gunn is is a, is a part of his producer. He's probably going to, I think, direct the, the first episode. Um, and he, I, I saw he answered someone's question on Twitter, James Gunn, and he said that they, they're not commenting on whether it's before or after the movie. So I like that they're not letting you know, you know if it's going to be before or after. So I like that. Um, and I'm interested. And Cena himself described... Um, Peacemaker as a douchey Captain America. And I don't know, John Cena, I think he's going to kill this role. I know I said in the beginning, this is the show. I, I think that we didn't know we really needed. I think this has the potential to be one of the funniest superhero things on the ever. I just think this is going to be so a douchey Captain America played by John Cena. Say that three times fast. This just has so much potential that we couldn't not make a top three. In a minute, we'll do our top three DC shows that we'd wish would happen. So like a DC character that would get its like own a spinoff. spin-off. Like a little spin-off of maybe, like, I picked it as kind of maybe a character in a movie or something that we've seen so far. So like I, like you said, it's the movie we never knew we needed until we got it and now we need it extra bad. And yeah. uh, I, I cannot wait this just makes me even more hyped for the Suicide Squad film, though, so we can get an idea of that character because undoubtedly the film will come before the series. So what are we getting ourselves into? This could be, for me, a Drax situation. Drax 100%. stole stole his scenes in both Avengers films and Guardians films that he's in. Just steals them. I think Peacemaker has the potential to do the same thing for the Suicide Squad, and that's a perfect perfect place to do a spinoff yeah and, and i love hey james gunn sticking around with dc keep it coming baby yeah he i think if he puts a pen to a paper on this it's it's just there's there's no and, wrong and, 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 and i'm perfectly okay hey he does this dc film suicide squad he's working on this show and he's also you know writing direct guardians 3 perfectly okay for that i'm here for all of it let's give our top three dc people or characters or whatever that we'd like to see get their own spinoff Okay, my number three, I went with a Legion of Doom spinoff. So we already were shown Black Mana. He's already out. We, Lex Luthor is already in the world. He just needs to be recast. We're getting Cheetah in Wonder Woman 84. There's three original members of the Legion of Doom right there. So different more characters could be added. Obviously, Riddler, Scarecrow, Sinestro, Gorilla Grodd, Brainiac. That's just a few. And I'm talking about, I want, just like Super Friends, I want that skull coming out of the swamp. I want it just like, or just give me that type of layer that they had. 
I just think the Legion of Doom again is like a, a the Suicide Squad, but just just let the let the villain shine. Very That's fitting. Very fitting that not only did I go for a villain with my number three, but you had the Legion of Doom when when Animal passes. So just another shout out to yeah. Road Warrior Animal. But my number three is Deathstroke. I my number two. Nice. I would. You can say it better than me, so I'll let you do the majority of the talking. But he is such an intriguing character to me. I would, I would totally be fine with it if it's Joe Manganiello, uh, and that, and that interpretation of Deathstroke. Now, I think almost anything makes a better TV series than movie. And me personally, I don't know enough about his backstory that I would love it. If we saw a Deathstroke series, I don't again, I don't know as much as you, so I'm sure you have thoughts. So I'll let you kind of speak for both of us here. I mean, if, if you want a taste of Deathstroke, I thought Manu Bennett on Arrow was fantastic. Like just them first two seasons, he, he was he was fan, he, he was excellent as Deathstroke. That's like someone says they that's the level I have Deathstroke. You have to beat Manu. And he was the first two seasons of Arrow, they they never topped the second season. That I think that was Arrow's downfall. They peaked at season two. But it, like you said, I'm all in for Joe Manganiello. If he wants to continue role, I like his arm role. I like his look. If they want to recast it, I'm still in. He has an awesome backstory that, you know, like you said, you don't know. But it could be fleshed out better in the TV show. I perfectly I agree. If they want to throw him on HBO Max for a season or in the movies or whatever they wanted to do, Deathstroke is is one of Batman's like greatest villains with his healing factor and you know whether you want to whether or he's the big bad in the Nightwing movie. I know we, we a year or two ago there was a Nightwing movie in development. We haven't heard shit. The last thing I remember that he was looking at actors. Haven't heard nothing. But to me, in the Nightwing movie, is Deathstroke is the main villain. I think that's the way to go. Listen, if you're gonna tell me that Crixus gets to reprise his role as Deathstroke, I'm fine with that too. Oh, and if if I'm Manu and they're doing casting, I I would go again because I think you, if you have all your Arrow fans coming back, because they know even um um uh, David Ramsey who was on on Arrow, he played Spartan. He said that Manu was this the best villain we had in season two was our best. So I I'm not the only one. A guy part of the show for the entire run even said that season two Manu was the best. I think it's just. It just makes too much sense to ignore at this time. A lot of places in general are going villain heavy. We're getting a Suicide Squad game. We got the Lego, you know, DC Lego villains. We have a lot of things where the anti-hero or the villain plays the protagonist. And this could just be another great example. Punisher to an extent. Deadpool kind of to an extent, although that's much more lighthearted. But yeah, like my list is, is two villains and one hero, so. Um, same. So actually technically two and two. Uh, but this, my number two is King shark. Um, Mm. he was my number one most psyched version of in the video game, suicide squad called the justice league. He's one of the characters I'm looking forward to most to seeing in, in the suicide squad film outside of peacemaker. So again, just to learn more about the backstory, to understand where he got there. Now, what I think this show would lack is legs. I don't think it's got much more than a season or two because like, where do you go? He becomes a shark. Got it. I can see a lot of the 
show not being him as a shark. It's kind of his full yeah. origin as human. I'm not super interested in that. I just think half human, half shark. I'm here for that. And the antics that that could be, I think that would be more of a comedy. He would probably have a, uh, you know, probably be a duo, like a buddy cop or like a buddy villain show. I don't know. Who oh, the hell- dude, okay. Yo, then you have to do me a favor and watch justice league apocalypse war. Just do me that favor and watch that. And it's, you know, the last one before the Superman man at tomorrow. But don't I have just to watch, watch that don't, movie? Don't I have to watch the 15 that preceded it then? Nah, then, nah, you'll be all right. All right, cool. So yeah, that would be it for me. I just want to learn more about King Shark. I love the character. I just don't know if he would need help. You would have to have characters in there to, I feel, to get the audience. But I like your heads that because I do like King Shark. My number one, I like it. I didn't even think he was my automatic number one. Dr. Fate. We are getting him in Black Adam with The Rock. To me, that was one of the the, the biggest news of that night of the DC fandom. As long as they go with the original Kent Nelson, who discovers that in this time in the tomb, he finds this wizard Naboo, this helmet that just teaches him sorcery and magic. I mean, this is what... Basically, Marvel's Doctor Strange stole everything from Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate came out in the 40s. Strange, maybe 63, give or take a few a year or a month. But th- like, just to introduce, again, this is a perfect way to go into Justice League Dark to bring Constantine in, Dead Man, Zatanna, Swamp Thing, Etrigan. This is your way, like Doctor Fate, you could go right into Justice League Dark, but if not, Fate is opening up the world of sorcery for DC. My number one is a, is a duo that took me by such pleasant surprise that I was hooked. The first time I saw them, I think whenever they're on screen, they're my favorite part of it. I loved their episode the most, and I would love a spinoff in that universe. And I'm talking, of course, about Hawk and Dove. Yeah. Yeah. I will totally co-sign that. But as as long as our girl stays, it's gone. uh, Yeah, Minka. But, like, that was my favorite episode of Titan so far. It was the Hawk and Dove episode. It's just so good. So, I, yeah, man, I'm all about, I think they have great chemistry. I think they're funny. Hank is really, really, really good. I don't know him in anything else, but... He, it was Aquaman in Smallville. There you go. Super surprising that he stole the screen whenever he was on it. Minka, of course, is very, very talented. I love her work. Uh, Friday Night Lights, she was incredible too. So, like, I'm fully, fully in on the Hawk and Dove piece of Titans and uh, would love in that universe to, to see what else they are up to. I know we got a little bit of their backstory in Titans. We actually got a pretty good chunk yeah, but, we did. But I would like a, uh, I would like even bigger, and I'd like to see how they could kick some ass on the side, my friend. That would be awesome. Yeah, that, that I'm, I agree. That's a day one watch. Speaking of Titans, this is great news. Titans gets a season four renewal, and season three ain't even out yet. So a nice early renewal for Titans. Thank you, HBO Max. I feel like this is going to be a perfect home for them. We already know that we're getting Red Hood, so that I'm sure that's going to have that storyline. And obviously, we're going to get more Hawk and Dove, so that's perfect for us. I'm I'm all in, baby. I again, as somebody who liked season one a lot, hadn't really enjoyed season two to the point where I gave up. 
I'm waiting for it to come back on Max. Uh, if it, if it wasn't for Zai Morales as Deathstroke, I, at first I was a little iffy on the casting, and he was he he was another great Deathstroke. I will I will give him and Manu both credit that I, he was way better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I'm, I you know I'll, I'll give that season two a shot when I can when I can check it out on the TV. Uh, it, 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 it pays it off at the end. Yeah, hundred percent. So it, you know, looking forward to three. And just to know, no matter what, we get two more seasons of this show is a is a really good thing. I, I always like knowing that it's not the last, um, especially and when did, I'm a season behind. And did we announce last week that um, Harley Quinn got another season also? Yeah. yeah we thought. I, would, uh, I don't know if we remember. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. And Supergirl, you know, all these shows are getting announced. Supergirl, however, is coming to an end. Season six will be its final, and that's the season that's coming up right now. So uh, we're almost yeah, at the I, end of season I, Supergirl. I think they're giving you twenty episodes. I think that's what it's going to get for its final season. It's pretty and good I, I, I think it's a, a good time to end Supergirl. Law, I think, lost its initial flame it had um, when they introduced, you know, Martian Manhunter. Like that was huge because I really loved that character. And just certain characters, I feel like, fell flat, or they added this story. It, it just, I felt like it just, even the rating, it took it, uh, definitely a decline. So at six seasons, that's a solid run, over 100 episodes. Melissa Benoist is fantastic as Supergirl. So I'm glad to see at least they're getting to go out on their own terms. Dude, six seasons is a really good run. It's a really, yeah, really solid. good run. Like, a lot of shows don't get four. You're getting six. That's that's good. And if it's 20 episodes, it's not like they're cutting it halfway through and saying, all right, you get 10. Bye-bye. See you later. Yeah, you exactly. So they get the, the whole season to develop the, the, the big storyline that they were they were leading up to. Um, and, we'll, you know, again, the, the Superman show is coming. So there's always a chance for her to do guest spots on the Superman show. So we still may see more than Melissa Benoist and Supergirl. Burt Kreischer, who is definitely not Melissa Benoist. His Netflix show, The Cabin, launches October 13th on Netflix, so just like three weeks away. Yeah, and it came out of nowhere. I'm shocked that he didn't leak this earlier or say it on a podcast or something, because he always just saying crazy shit. But I'm going to give this a chance. It looked like he had a lot of good comedians with him. It looked really funny. I know he's on some game show with, with uh, Snoop Dogg now for something else. So it's good to see Burke kind of. You know, getting some shows picked up, and you know, obviously his home's on Netflix. That's where his stand up goes. So I'll have to check this out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot too. And as long as it doesn't, as long as it's not like a lot of comedians where they just star like Louie and stuff like that. If, if this has a good cast and it's not just all about just Bert being shirtless, I'm in. And I like the idea of the cabin. I like seclusion. I like the mountains. I like the setting. I like Yeah, and he's, only, he's really only shirtless. That's like his mainly stand-up. So I, I, mean, I like to think for the most we should see him with his shirt on. I <laughs> like I like bears, and I think there's going to be bears in this show. So I'm in. Oh, uh, he does do a podcast, Two Bears, One Cave, with Tom Segura. The last story we have for the evening before your CGC spotlight would be that Netflix cancels. And this really isn't for us. This is for our boy Chris. They've, yeah, I felt his pain. I, I saw. They've canceled the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance after just one season. And I believe he said that it was like his favorite watch on recently on Netflix. So that that's some big words. Yeah, I did not care for it. I tried. I tried so hard. 
I just didn't care for it. I mean, it's just a shame here. Netflix is usually give shows like a, a season or two, and, and you know, and just to only give a one and done. That hurts. That hurts. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, he is feeling the pain. It's like a bad hangover that won't go away. Oh, dude, it's like us. You know, like. Firefly getting canceled, Swamp Thing getting canceled. So, Chris, I feel your pain, brother. Twin Peaks, all that stuff. All right, let's go. CGC Spotlight, what do you got for us this week? It's been a long episode. CGC Spotlight this this week, I got it from friend of the show, Austin Reese. Reese's Rare Comics on IG or his website, Reese's Rare Comics. I picked up World's Finest Comics 111. First appearance of the Clock King. This is the single highest graded book on the CGC census. I have the only 9.2 on the census. The next up is there's four 90s, seven 85s, and two 80s. There's only a total of 31 total graded copies on the CGC census. So I have a 9.2 off-white to white pages. You have Bill Finger stories, Kurt Swan, Jim Mooney, and Lee Elias art. Kurt Swan and Sheldon Moldoff cover. This came out in August 1960. This is a Silver Age book. I had a, I think I had like an 8.0. I sold it. And this just happened to pop up on his website. And actually I got clocking as one of it. If you guys know on my Instagram, Stan P215889. I have the Batman animated series villains and some heroes painted. And of course, Clock King is one of them because he's actually one of my favorites. Side character, that is. So to get that, like, I think this is the only book that I own that I have the highest graded one in in the world. I don't know what CBCS has. I've never seen anything higher than a 9.2. So Austin, I can't thank you enough for work with me. If you guys want to see some crazy books, check out Austin, or Reese's Rare Comics. But the story we got, when reports that Superman has gone missing, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson decide to go into action as Batman and Robin to find their friend before people begin making a connection between Clark Kent and Superman. So this is a Silver Age book. I can't ever see me see. I don't think I'll ever sell this. This is just something for me that watching Batman animated series, The Clark King, I I think he was only on two or three episodes, but he left an impact on me that I just thought he was a cool, unique Batman villain. So if you want to check it out, World's Finest Comics 111. And also check out our interview with Austin Reese. Sam mentioned it, friend of the pod. Uh, We had him on to go check out bonus episode, Austin Reese, Reese's Rare Comics. We talk about everything from skateboarding to rare books. Uh, and everything in between. So if you love comics, that's the episode for you. And we hope this was also the episode for you, episode 204. Had a lot of fun recording it, a lot of cool stuff, and we hope we have a better one for you next week for episode 205. Try McDonald's spicy nuggets. They fucking suck. Hey!